was reading this the other day, and I saw something in there that just blew my mind. And maybe if we get a hold of it, it will help us. It'll help us. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And let's, be, let's just go ahead and start in verse number 1. Luke chapter 5, verse 1, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, have taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had, set, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets brake. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ships that they would come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so they were began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now that's a good way to get saved. When you recognize that you are a sinner and you recognize he is the Lord, that's a good way to get saved. For he is astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fish which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were the partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch fish. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let us pray. Father, we just ask you, Lord, to touch our hearts tonight. Lord, open our minds. Help us to receive the word, Lord. Help us to, to, to apply the engrafted word of, you, to your, uh, of your word into our lives tonight. Lord, we just praise you, Lord. Speak through me and let, let me say anything, Lord, but the Holy Spirit, Father. We'll praise you what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here in the text we're reading is about the calling of Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And like I said, I was looking at this when I was reading and I saw something that just stood out to me. In my mind... This is the way I'm thinking. In my mind, Jesus calls these men to follow him at the wrong time. He calls them to be fishers of men. In the story, Jesus walks up to them. They had been uh, all night spent tolling uh, and casting the net and drawing in, getting nothing, casting the net, getting nothing. They had, they had nothing to show for their labor. And I thought to myself, that would be probably be the perfect time to call somebody to follow you. When things ain't going right, when things are not doing good, that would have been the perfect time in my mindset that Jesus should call Peter and them to follow him. They hadn't called anything. I, I know these were professional fishermen. I know there have been times they went out and they may have caught some. They might have caught a few. But I don't think they'd ever been out the whole time they've ever been fishing and never caught nothing. They didn't even have any seaweeds in their net. Their nets were empty. But this is the time I thought Jesus should have come and said, Hey guys, 
Y'all ain't got nothing better going on. Won't you just come and follow me? But ain't it. That's not when Jesus calls them. Jesus said, let down your nets for a draw. Peter said, I'll let down the net. And Jesus waits and, uh, until Peter makes the biggest catch in his life. This catch is so big that it's sinking the ship. This catch has every fisherman's dreams about it. There's so many fish in your boat and it's sinking. And I'm quite sure Peter being a fisherman and as his living, this is how he's making his living. He's seeing all these fish. Uh, the boat's about to sink. I, I imagine he was looking around going, chick-ching, chick-ching, chick-ching. He's seeing the money there. He's seeing a payday in his boat. He said, got so many fish in there that he has to call his partners. Y'all come and help us. We're overloaded. And it's at this point they had the biggest catch in their life having a payday. And it's at this point when fishing has been the best that has ever been in their lives Jesus said, hey guys, I want y'all to do something. Lay it all aside and come and follow me. What he's saying is, I don't want somebody that's follow me that has a better option. I want someone that can look at their life and have real good options in their life and say, that is great, but he's greater. There's a lot of riches there, but he has eternal riches. He provides fulfillment here, but there he finds, provides eternal fulfillment in life. Yes, I may have money here, but he has the true riches in heaven. And I'm willing to give all this stuff up for something better. I find that God will allow, will, will always make it so that you're going to follow Him. You're going to have to give something up. If you're looking for a convenient Christianity that's going to cost you nothing, you won't find it in the Bible. Over and over in the Bible, I find that when Jesus called someone, they had to give up something in order to follow Him. It's going to cost them something. If you're looking for Christianity that does not cost you sin, does not cost you relationships, does not cost you an effort, cost you time, or cost you your desires, then you don't have Bible Christianity tonight. Bible Christianity says, give it all up, even if it's good, come and follow me, and I will give you something better. The rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he had wealth, and he had power, he had position, he had authority. Master, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> Jesus said, everything you got, get rid of it. Come and follow me. It was too inconvenient for the rich young ruler. 
Jesus comes through Matthew and he is sitting at the tables of collection there at the customs. The job at that time that you wanted, that you wanted to have. He said, come and follow me. Paul had risen to a high standard in the Jewish religion. Jesus said, come and follow me and leave your religion behind. What I'm saying is, tonight there is no convenient Christianity. I find that we're giving people convenient Christianity when there's no inconveniency. There are things that are convenient and there are things that are inconvenient in this world today. Preaching tonight on inconvenient Christianity. Go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 for me. We'll see a man that had inconvenience. Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 17. It's a very familiar story. Everybody knows this story. Mark 6, 17, For Herodia himself has sent forth and laid a hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him, would have killed him, but she could not. Herodias feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him, and when he had heard him, it did many things, and he heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, the Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains and chiefs of states of Galilee. And when the daughter the said of Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it to thee. And he swore unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I shall give it to thee unto the half of my kingdom. And when she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked him, saying, I will thou give me the by and by in a chart the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceedingly sorry, yet for his oath, and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought, and he went in and beheaded him in prison. Sin is convenient. The Bible said the whole point behind this sinful act, this wicked story of adultery and sexual dancing, lust-filled desires, murder against the preacher, the whole point of it was, it was a convenient day. A convenient day. Listen to me. Sin will always force you to do what's convenient instead of what is inconvenient and right. Sin always demands do what it feels good. Don't do what is right. 
we find Herod makes all the kinds of convenient steps that leads to this sinful that he participates. The first step this, when he heard the preaching of John the Baptist, he wasn't against the preaching of John the Baptist. He said, I appreciate a man that will stand up and, and say what's right, tell the truth, and point his finger right in your face. He said, I appreciate somebody like that. He says, I'm a snake. He's not afraid of me. He was telling me I'm going to hell and I need to get right with God. And the Bible said Herod gladly heard him. Let me say this, every true man of God ought to appreciate a man preaching to them straight, bold, and Bible preaching. Amen? This is what Herod is thinking. This woman that I have, that I live with, that's in my house, had a quarrel with John the Baptist. And if I want to have peace in my house, if I want peace in my house, something's got to be done with one or the other. Now we know what Herodias did. She gets in, in Herod's ear and blah, 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 blah. And I imagine he's probably thinking, I'm tired of this. I'm fed up with this. So what do I do? I've got this going on in my ear and I've got this woman nagging me to death and I've got a man over here that I gladly hear. He's telling the truth. He's pointing his finger out. I should not be doing that. I'm going to hell. I need to get right with God. What am I supposed to do? A convenient day. It was a convenient day. So he locks the preacher up. I have seen women get upset in church with what the preacher preached and go home and tell their husband, you need to go back there and tell that preacher, I ain't coming back there because I'm not dealing with that. Amen. Let me just say this, and I'm not saying it in a bad way. Men, put your pants on. Men, put your pants on. God has placed you the head of the house. You are the spiritual leader. Put your pants on. But he says, Herod says, I'm telling you, I'm going to do the, do the convenient thing. I'm going to do the easy thing. I'm just going to lock him up. It's convenient in my life to lock him up and I won't have this in my ear. You better be careful about doing what is convenient and what is not, what is right. Be careful about it. Watch the second step that he has. The sin is convenient. Verse 6. And when the daughters of the uh, daughter of said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and, and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me, whatsoever thou wilt, I will give it to thee. He is watching the seductive dancing. And Herod knows he has heard enough of John's preaching that it ain't right. The right thing for Herod to do is stand up. We ain't having this in here. Take that away. I don't want it in here. He could have said this is enough. 
But that ain't convenient. The convenient thing is to do is to keep his mouth closed. Say, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else says it's okay. It doesn't matter if the whole world says it's okay. If it's wrong, it's still wrong. If it's right, it's still right. Amen. Listen to me. This world will give you the easy thing to do. Everybody is doing it. Everyone is looking at it. Everybody's drinking it. Everybody's smoking it. Can I say that not everyone dips their colors? We need some parents to stand up and say, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Listen to me. Sin is easy. It's easy. And it, and it gets worse for Herod. Verse 26, she wants his head. And the king was seemingly sorry. He knows he shouldn't do it. Yet for his oath, yet for his oath's sake, for his, their sakes, which sat with him, he would not reject her. He does what is the easy thing to do. The hard thing for him to do would look at that crowd and say, absolutely not. The hard thing would do to look at her and says, you may request it, I may have said that, but you're not getting the head of John the Baptist. That would have been the hard, that would have been inconvenient to him, but he wanted to do the easy thing, the convenient thing. He said, they know what you said. They know what you said to do. And he's probably thinking, well, they look at him and say, what's wrong with you? You afraid? You afraid to do it? You don't want to be weird and, and act like somebody else. You don't want to be a, a, an outcast. You don't want to be somebody on the outside. You want to do it and join us. We, are, we want to come buddies. You want to walk with us. It's convenient. That's what they say to young people today. If you don't do it, you're weird. If you don't come and follow us, you're, you're an outcast. And I know kids want to be accepted. But it's a time that you say, that's wrong and I'm not going to do it. Herod should have said, hey, you're not getting the head of John the Baptist. I, I understand what he He preached at me. He told me all the things I needed to hear. He was telling the truth. But it was convenient to just go along with everybody else. Kids are dead to tell you, they don't hurt to take one drink. How do you think an alcoholic becomes an alcoholic? One drink. How's a dope addict become a dope addict? One shot, one snort. The convenient way. It's easy to just follow in and do what everybody else is doing, but instead it's the hard thing that's an inconvenient thing to stand up and says no. Jesus told Simon Peter, hey, you're going to deny me. Peter said, no, no, Lord. Nay, nay, I'll die for you, Lord. He was standing by the fire outside the temple warming himself and one of them said ain't you one of those preacher boys 
No, 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 no. Kept looking at him and said, you sure you ain't one of them preacher boys? And it was, it, was a, it was an inconvenient thing for him to stand up and say, yes, I'm one of his. I'm going with him. I'm following him no matter what anybody says. But instead he does the convenient thing. He curses, he walks out. He realized he had denied. The convenient thing to do. It's convenient. Sin is convenient in this world today. Go to Acts chapter 24 for me. Acts chapter 24. Talking about inconvenient. Talking about sin is easy. Sin is convenient to do. It's easy to just follow along with everybody else. It's easy to follow follow the line. I mean, you've heard this story, you've heard this uh, 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 phrase, I've been told this all my life, if they all jumped off the cliff, would you jump with them? Back in that young day, I probably would have. I figured I'd probably be the last one, at least I got a pile to hit. But it would have been easy thing to say, yeah, well if you're going to jump, I'm going to jump. The inconvenient thing to stand up and say, you think I'm stupid? That's a hundred feet down there. Anybody want to know where Wart Croy over here in Reesville is? 120 feet off the cliff into the water. Me and my uncle was over there. My uncle. He said, you're going to jump? You're going to jump? Oh, yeah, I'm jumping. Well, if you're jumping, I'm jumping. So he gets back here, runs, and he cuts out there and lets out there like that and going down. I'm standing watching him go down. And right before you get to the water, there's some sharp red rocks there. And as he was going down, I could see him going, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. And he hit the water. He come up. So what's wrong? Rocks got me. Come on in. I ain't coming in. <laughs> I, I'm not jumping. I can't jump that far. The convenient thing is to follow everybody. Sin is easy in the world we're living in today. And let me just say that sin is easy in the church in which we live today. We can also say this. Salvation is inconvenient. Verse 24. And after certain days when Felix came into his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, He sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now here he's getting ready to have the preacher preach to him. Preacher's getting ready to preach to him. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go that way for this time. When I have a convenient season I will call for thee you realize salvation is inconvenient today if you think getting saved would be a convenient thing in your life you're wrong there will never be a convenient time for you to get saved Felix is saying right here to Paul, I will tell you when I get saved. When it's easy for me to get saved. 
He, he was convicted. He was convinced that he was a sinner. He reasoned righteousness, temperance, and judgment. He's convinced that he needs to get saved. And the Bible said Paul reasoned with him, and Felix is trembling. The preacher is preaching. Felix is, is a sinner in a church service. Down in his soul, Felix says, is trembling. He knows what's going, he's going to hell. He knows he, he's lost without God. He knows that Jesus Christ is the only way out. And he's trembling. You say, why doesn't he get saved? Why doesn't he repent? It's not convenient. There are many people looking today. Too many people watching me. I don't want to walk down the aisle because everybody thinks something's wrong with me. Felix is saying, if I get saved, all those people that are watching me, all those people in church, Every time the doors are open, they're, they're convinced that uh, they're, they're lost and undone. They know that they're, uh, they're dying and going to hell without God. And they have no peace in their life. They know where they're going to spend eternity at, lost without Jesus Christ. And the only thing that's keeping them from coming down the aisle and getting saved is just not convenient for them. Can, you, can I say this? This is why I am totally against this one, two, three, repeat after me. Where you, you, you get the Bible stuff. You get the, uh, it ain't, it's not Bible in there. When you stand and repeat after me, it says, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. The problem with that, there's no inconvenience we all can stand at the pew and bow our heads and just repeat what the preacher says preach out to me people just don't want to be inconvenient today salvation will be an inconvenient tonight you say I just don't believe that our Savior came. He suffered, bleed, and died upon the cross. Do you think that was convenient? You think it was convenient to Jesus to leave the riches of the world in heaven and come to this world down here? You think that was convenient? You think it was convenient for Him to walk to the top of Calvary's hill and be nailed to the cross? Absolutely not. It was not convenient for him. But yet we want a God to give us convenient Christianity. We want a Jesus that is totally inconvenient in us. And we want a Jesus that hung naked on the cross for six hours. They spit in his face. We want a Christianity with no ambiguous or anonymous faults in our life. If you're going to get saved, you have to make a public declaration. I'm leaving this world 
behind. I'm turning my back on the sins of this world. And I'm making my way to a Savior that loves me. Shed his blood for me. Who died for me. I'm telling you salvation is inconvenient. The night I got saved I was in the back. And I, I was like everybody else. I, I was locked on. But I realized I was lost and undone and dying and going to hell. But I was wondering what everybody would say if I step out and start down the aisle. But I'm so glad when I let loose, Jesus took control and he put me down to the altar and I asked God to forgive me of my sins. He came to my life. He took all the fear out and now it's inconvenient for me. I've had people tell me, I don't want to get saved in front of all these people. But yet, if you get saved in the closet high in the world, you're going to tell somebody you got saved if you don't want people to know that. A public declaration, I am I'm turned from this world going after that world. But it's not convenient for us to do that. It's not convenient. Felix says, go thy way for this time. He's not saying go away forever. He's not saying I'm not going to get right one day. I'm not saying I don't want to get saved. But not at this time. Not at this time. The sad thing about the whole thing is we don't read, ever read in the Bible where a convenient season ever came. I want you to remember this statement. Don't ever forget it. Convenient seasons are not convicted seasons. And convicted seasons will never be convenient seasons. Did you get that? Convenient seasons are not convicted seasons. And convicted seasons will never be convenient seasons. If you think you will wait till the day that you get right with God when it suits you and everything's going right in your life and it's easy in your life, you'll never get saved. God will always make it so that it will cost you something to come to Christ. You've got to let go of something in this world to grab a hold of something in another world. Never convenient. Never. It's always an inconvenience. Look at one more with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Sin is easy. Salvation is inconvenient. Service will be inconvenient. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 12, as touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desire him to come unto you with the brethren. Underline this, I really get this in your mind, get this. But his will was not at all to come at this time. But he will come when he shall have convenient time.
I found serving God is an inconvenience. And I know there are some Christians that are looking to serve a God that will let them to be whatever they want to be, do whatever they want to be, say whatever they want to say, go where they want to go, dress how they want to dress, look how they want to look. But that's not in the Bible. Christianity in the Bible is inconvenient. It may be an inconvenient, but listen to me, it's been the best joy of my life. I, I stand here Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, looking at everybody in this building. It may be an inconvenient, but it's worth it. Some of the greatest inconvenience in your life you'll ever do be for the service of God. But it's always worth it. You say, what's the point? Well, December we're going to the children's home. The point of it is when we sit there and we watch this child open those gifts and the smiles on her face and the joy in her face. It may be an inconvenience to get up in the morning at 4 o'clock and drive up and, and all day long come back. It may be an inconvenience, but it, it was worth it. Amen. It's worth it. Yeah. it, it, it we, we sat there yesterday and, and packed the boxes and everything. It may be an inconvenience to get up in the morning and come and do all these things, but let me tell you what, I, I got to think about it last night. Uh, if I could just see one face of those childs when they open that box up and see all the stuff that they never had and never had been able to get and they're right in front of them, the joy and the cheers that run their eyes. It, it may be inconvenient, but it's worth it. Amen. It's worth it. I, 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 let me tell you this. I love this church. I love everybody in this church. I'll do anything I possibly can for you. There's always blessing. The church is cleaned every week. The yard is mowed every week. It may be an inconvenience. But there's blessings that God gives. There's blessings that God gives. There's those that takes their time and comes to fix things that's broken, run down. It may be an inconvenience, but it's worth it. And you could have been doing something else, spending time with your family, doing something else, but it's an inconvenience to come over, but it's worth it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with Apollos in verse 12. His will. We never read where Apollos ever gets there. Why? It wasn't convenient. If you're going to serve God, notice it said it was cost His will to come. If you're going to serve God, your will cannot factor into it. You're going to have to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm willing to be inconvenient 
It may cost me time. It may cost me labor. It may cost me money. It may cost me family. It may cost me family and friends. But whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm willing. It's worth being inconvenient for the work of the Lord. I thought about them kids opening them boxes. What a brand new world they're looking at. Something they've never seen before. And to be able to see a tear run down their eyes. It's worth it all. It's worth it all. Service will be inconvenient. There are going to be times, and I know I have, that I've been called at night times. I've been called do this and do that and it just became an inconvenience but let me tell you what after a while and after doing it I find that I was blessed by it we were heading to a revival one time to a man I really really wanted to hear and we were only blocks away in Daytona Beach from getting to the church where he was preaching the revival at and about a block and a half away I get this phone call they says Jamie we got a friend that's in the hospital and the doctors done told him he's going to die He's going to die in the hospital. He ain't coming out. Will you please go talk to him? I'm starting to say, you know what? I can't right now. I'm getting ready to go to revival. No. I turned around, drove all the way back down to Orlando, and go in the hospital and talk to this man. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. We sat there and talked. He said, yeah, they told me I'm not going to walk out of this. I said, well, that's what they say. God may say something else. I'm not, I said, I, I can't promise you that you will, but we can pray and ask God to help you. We prayed, we talked, and we prayed again. He walked out of the hospital. The doctor's like, really? He started coming into the church. Him and his wife started coming to church. They were faithful. She played piano. They were faithful in the church. Why? Because I could have said it. It was inconvenient for me to turn around. But the blessings that God gives outweighs it all. Outweighs it all. Anytime God calls you to do something, it's going to be an inconvenience. But there's always a blessing with it. There's always a blessing with it. If we just learn. Inconvenient Christianity. We don't want to be inconvenienced. We want to be convenient. I want everything to go the way I want it, how I want it, where I want it at, when I want it at. That's not Bible. Jesus says it's going to cost you. To serve me, it's going to cost you. But it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Amen. Amen.